Hey guys, if you enjoy this episode, please support this podcast by going to talkmurder.com slash join and becoming a Talko Supremo. So you don't think that I know what's going on here in this congregation. Well, I can see clearly now. Through the eyes of Yahweh, I observe you tacos living out your days, committing your sinful and deviant transgressions, only to not believe that the battle of Armageddon is truly upon this nation. Now, I know that your family and your friends are telling you that this must be some sort of cult. But that is far from the truth. Just because you and I are isolated on this Nebraska farm, waiting for the end times, training ourselves to fight heroically in the glorious battle against the forces of Satan, me sleeping with your wives, of course, I repeat... This does not mean that we are a cult, for I am a true seer, the all-powerful, the descendant of Christ, sent by our Heavenly Father Yahweh to bring a message that in tonight's episode, two of you listening will perish a horrific and sadistic death. Once again, I reiterate, this is not a cult. And uh, I should also point out that in tonight's episode, there may be some questionable acts that uh, involve a goat. Tonight's hint was Armageddon. Mm. And this... Is there any alcohol in here? Yes, it's actually... Mostly alcohol. It is uh, the Firefly Lemonade Vodka, which by itself is delicious. Uh, And that's coming from someone who doesn't typically enjoy vodka. Yeah, that's true. And um, we also have some raspberry pucker and peach schnapps with some club soda. So this is our Armageddon drink. It originally called for Deserono, but I decided that it might be nice to have some raspberry peach lemonade on this summery holiday. So, so was this anything similar to the recipe? Yeah, it called for the raspberry and peach schnapps. Oh, okay, all right. Mm-hmm. That's but that's I close. added the. It's uh, really good. Yeah, it is good. I if it weren't mm. so late at night, I might have to go get some more. Mm. But sadly, we are now out of the vodka. Surprise shots. Surprise shots. We don't know what they are because they're a surprise. It is Jack Honey. Why are you flinching? Because she doesn't like whiskey. I know, and I picked it. I was trying to go with what was lower. So tonight we got a very special episode for our Taco Supremo and supporter, Steve. Steve! Talk Murder podcast crew, Jen and Mr. and Mrs. Perry. Hope things are going well. Calling on Mike Ryan case, Evil Harvest book. I really appreciate you guys doing this. Also doing Skidmore with Kenneth McElroy for my request as well. That was a great episode. 
growing up in the Midwest around St. Joseph, Missouri, I used to spend time around Skidmore and then up around Rulo, Nebraska, hunting and fishing when uh, my grandma had a place at a lake, big lakes, right across the river, Missouri River from Rulo. Used to spend time up there, used to mushroom hunt the hills in that area for morels and graduated high school 86 right after all this was going on with Mike Ryan. The book came out in the early 90s, read it, found out more about what was going on in that area. Uh, pretty amazing, pretty disturbing what Mr. Ryan did to the five-year-old, I think it was, I can't remember his name now off the top of my head, but his father and the other gentleman that uh, perished up there in his little cult that he had going on. Can't wait to hear the episode. Appreciate you guys and all the time you guys put into these stories for us tacos. Really, really appreciate it. Have a good one. Thank you. We're starting tonight off with my favorite segment, a verse from the Bible. A reading from the gospel according to Matthew. The sword of the gospel. But whoever denies me before men, I will also deny him before my Father in heaven. Do not assume that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace but a sword. Is that, is that a quote from Dwight Schrute? Or, <laughs> <laughs> or is that like actually from the gospel? That's from the gospel. Jesus that, said that? Jesus, our Lord and Savior, had spoketh that to thou, to thy, <laughs> to, to thee. Nicole, can you please read this? This is from the Lincoln Star. Well, actually, I just gave it away. We are going to uh, Warren Buffett country tonight. Nebraska? We're going to Nebraska. We're going to the tip, just the tip of Nebraska. So very, very southern eastern tip. They write that, that very pointed, hard tip in Nebraska right there. The tip. But if they're wearing pants, because you said the southeast. So, Nicole, where where does that? Like, doesn't that happen? Like, it's like stays like down and. To the side. Nicole, can you please read this? This is from the Lincoln, Nebraska Star, Friday, July 26, 1985, page 13. I'm drunk. Cheryl Gibson, a resident in Rulo Raid, goes to Kansas to face custody charge. Authorities seized 14 automatic rifles and 150,000 rounds of ammunition in the raid. Cheryl Gibson is actually extradited to Kansas. I'm sorry. This farm that they raided was in Nebraska. It's the Rulo, Nebraska, very small town. In fact, let's see what's going on there. Let's look at TripAdvisor right quick. Oh, yeah. I love doing this. Favorite segments. What was the last one? It was like there was only literally one thing. There was an elk petting (laughs) zoo or some shit. An elk reserve. And Button Willow. That's what it was. Now, let's see. This is from TripAdvisor, Rulo, Nebraska. The top things to do. (laughs) <laughs> no, wild bills. I want to go there. Life. <laughs> Twelve life? reviews. Oh, can we read the reviews, please? <laughs> Look at this shit. Can we please read the reviews? Is terrifying. <laughs> that it is a fucking dive bar, people. Holy wild God. bills <laughs> bar and grill is the number one thing to do in real life. I feel like there's some coyote ugly. Uh... Guys, this is worse than Button Willow. There's only one thing to do in Rulo, and that's to go to Wild Bills. That actually sounds like a really fun night. (laughs) 
Like, I think that I would thrive in that environment. The number one thing to do in Rulo, Nebraska is to go to this shitty dive bar. Hey. And that's not only the number one thing to do, that's the only fucking thing to do. And it's got 12 reviews from TripAdvisor. Oh, oh look, the oh death. The, the Grim the Reaper Grim made a visit. Monday can't buy happiness, but it can buy martinis, which are kind of the same thing. Oh, money can't buy. Monday can't buy shit. Oh, look at her. She's had a rough That's go Karen. Around. Karen is tending bar. <laughs> she had a rough life. <laughs> All right, Cheryl Gibson. Now, she is going to become important later on the episode. She is actually a missing person at this time. Hmm. Well, not this time. She was found with her kids. Oh. She had a couple kids with her husband, Lester, and she goes missing. Lester. She goes missing for 14 months. And guess what? She's found on this farm. Alive? This little a little farm on Nebraska. Huh? She found alive? It's a cult. You said she was extradited, so she must have been found alive. Well, she was extradited. That means she's what? She's, she's been incarcerated. Exactly. So she's got alive. a felony. So she was uh, extradited back to Kansas. It's not really a raid that went on. It's not like they went in guns blazing. They did have about 80 officers lined up to go raid this farm, but they ended up bringing the, I'm just going to say it, the leader of this cult. Yes, it's a cult story. Into the police station. They kind of uh, tricked him into coming mm. in and they arrested him there. So it wasn't like this big shootout thing like um waco texas which is a great documentary on netflix Mm. the uh the actor i don't know his name he did a fantastic friday night lights keanu reeves fan he kind of looks like keanu reeves he did a fantastic job and it makes you really wonder if we should have meddled in their affairs anyway because the waco texas guys i mean were they really hurting anyone yeah he was banging like 30 women and having children with all of them but come on man that's like every cult leader did you know that chip and joanna Gaines are from waco texas as well from your favorite show fixer mm-hmm, upper mm-hmm. excellent paint color choices 11 <laughs> children total that were found on the farm in rulo now as you saw rulo wild bills i bet if you go to wild bills they know this story oh yeah hell yeah they know this story this is the only story in the fucking rulo nebraska 11 children in total found and before we go any further uh steve i'm already drunk so if i sound like sloppy as shit it's It's your fault steve all right the reason the authorities got involved in the first place is because they captured two other people that were living at the farm they were stealing they were stealing stolen equipment from a nearby farm and they actually got uh, pulled over by the police plus that and neighbors were complaining that were other farmers around the area that they were hearing automatic fire at night so automatic gunfire and you guys do know that it is illegal in the United States to own an automatic weapon correct you can only own a semi-automatic weapon that's true yeah so semi-automatic if you do convert your, let's say, AR-15 or M-16 or whatever to fully automatic, you're facing 20 years in prison. If you guys remember the Vegas shooting, he was using the bump stock, which is kind of yeah. like a uh, workaround for the automatic. But, you know, his was kind of mounted in that hotel room, so he had complete accuracy. But just wielding an automatic weapon 
like an AR-15 or something. It's really not that accurate. Number one, if you're going to combat or anything, you got to remember every round that you have, you know, could possibly be the thing that saves you. So you don't want to just start spraying everything right. because you don't carry thousands of rounds with you. Every round that you, you have is Rambo. on your chest. Yeah. yeah, on your vest, right? So you want to... St- conserve ammo but also use it wisely so having an automatic is really ridiculous in my opinion but they are illegal and they will get you 20 years in prison so uh nicole read earlier from the lincoln star authority sees 14 automatic rifles so that alone is a lot of prison time for a lot of people 14 automatic rifles and now don't quote me on this but i believe the current law is 20 years in prison for an automatic rifle Dang now the, you can't buy an automatic rifle so they're they got to be modified you know and that's the whole thing gotcha. with the vegas episode the bump stocks we right. talked to alan about that unless you find one on the black market which yeah, it's still illegal if you have an automatic rifle you that you you, no, you said you can't buy an automatic rifle, but oh. you can buy one on the black market. Where, where, Silk where's Road. the black market? I don't know. I'm still trying to figure it out. Okay? Here in Mount Pleasant, past the freaking IHOP, black market. I'm not one to pass judgment on others, but if I were to, then I would say, yeah, absolutely, it's somewhere in Mount Pleasant where you would least expect it because it's a fancy town, okay? So right now we're in Rulo, Nebraska. This is an 80-acre hog farm. Willie Pigton. Yeah, Willie Pigton. Now go to talkamer.com, guys. Seriously, to see these photos, you don't want to miss them. While you're there, why don't you click on some of them ads? What are we looking at here? What you're looking at there is some of the uh, seized weapons. I don't know if you can really see it, but some of the automatic weapons. There's like a big Bowie knife. And at the bottom right there, if you go to talkmore.com, you can see that photo. That's 150,000 rounds of ammunition. Oh, my gosh. So I thought it was like 150,000 rounds. Ribeyes or something Why like that. Why the fuck would you need that many rounds? Um, because. Can you tell what? All right, this, this is a cult story. 150 rounds of ammunition. Can you please tell me what type of cult needs 150,000 rounds of ammunition? One with a lot of people so that they can provide security to their members, but also so that they can kill other people that try to infringe on their rights. There were less than 20 people at this farm. Hmm. That's not a lot. No. That's like less than an average class size in the United States these days. So what you're seeing now is the farm at Rulo. Nicole, can you please uh, tell me what you're seeing here? Um, I am seeing a talk murder to me rape van. I'm seeing cornfields or just big weeds. Trucker hats. Yeah. Yeah. People, they're looking for something. That guy in the has a really fields. big nose. They're digging for something. You know what they say about big noses, right? <laughs> Lots of Kleenex. Yeah, that's true. Um, they're, they're looking for something in that dirt there. They're looking for something in that dirt. I'll tell you that right now. What they gonna find in that dirt? That looks like a bag. Ooh, oh, that's, that's a body bag. Like that's a body, a body. Bag. That's a definite that's body like bag. That's like what you saw at the right beach. There. That's a body bag right there. They found H HK ninety ones, German made, hmm. three oh eight caliber rifles. They had KG ninety nines, nine millimeter pistols, which were actually converted to automatics. They also had twenty two caliber rifle and pistols which some of those were converted to automatics as well. 
They had several thousand rounds of 308 ammunition and about 2,000 rounds of 45 ammunition and several thousand 9mm rounds. They had bricks, 5,000 rounds per brick of 22 caliber am- ammunition. They also found two bodies, and you guys saw them mm-hmm. digging one out of the grave, the shallow grave there. I'm putting that video, Giphy, on talkmer.com, so be sure to go there. The two bodies include oh, one, oh, one no. Luke Brandon Stice. No, 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 no. Born October 18th, 1979, died 1985. Cause of death? Murder. Two mm. bodies, both murdered. The tombstone says, Thou lost to sight to memory, dear. Luke Brandon Stice, October 18th, 1979, to 1985. Please rest in peace. The next victim here is 25-year-old James Tim, T-H-I-M-M, right here. He is a, uh, I know you love that haircut, by the way. That's a nice bowl He cut. looks like Aaron, Eric, <laughs> Eric Foreman. Yeah, he yeah, does. He look does. Like, oh, he does yeah. look like Eric Foreman. Go to talkmore.com to see um, this victim right here. It's also a very sad and tragic way that he died, but yeah, he does look a lot like Eric Foreman. The haircut, too. They found two bodies. One six-year-old boy, Luke Stice, which is extremely sad, which we're going to get to because why is a six-year-old boy there? Was he the offspring of someone He was not the, the offspring, no, but... Huh. Was he just wandering in the woods? No, he was not wandering in the woods, but or his dad was there. Oh. His father was a cult member. Tell this, me that motherfucker uh, killed his son. I will go find him. I will cut his balls off. Well, I'll tell you his address because he's still alive. Oh, is it in prison? No, he's not in prison. Oh. But you have his address. Nobody in this story is in prison. What? But there's a dead six-year-old? There's a dead six-year-old right, and a dead his, 25-year-old. You better give me this, his address. What you're, who, who you're looking at now is James Thim. He is a Mennonite. You guys know what that is? Yes, they're similar to Amish people, but they're not as Amish as the Amish people. <laughs> What? Remember the, uh, well, that clears the it up Amish perfectly. one that we did was a great one. <laughs> They're more From modern than Red the Amish Yes, that was a great so, episode. So the only thing I really looked up into the uh, Mennonite nation or whatever is that they're pacifist. So he would My never is- kill someone, which is, you know, this is a doomsday cult. So for him, a Mennonite to be in a doomsday cult, which means killing people is kind of off. So this means doomsday in the sense that they're killing people, not doomsday in the sense that the world is ending. Or is it in the or sense they, that the world is the end, The world is ending, so we have to kill everyone because it's just going to end anyway? All right, so tell me right now, with all the ammunition found, with 11 children at the farm, it's in a fucking butthole in Nebraska. Tell me what you think about this cult. You know it's a cult... Tell me some about their ideologies. So please tell me what you can think of right now. This comes top to your head hole. Just comes up there and just... Well, I'm always drunk on these episodes, but I'm still going to say human sacrifice. I think that um, they think the end of days is coming, but they are the chosen group that will survive this apocalypse, and they are the ones chosen to repopulate the Earth. How? By fucking each other. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. And then, like, someone does something and somebody dies. So the summer of 1985, raid happens on the farm there. There's a few people arrested, which I'm going to get into as we develop the story. But right now, let's, instead of just bringing you right into it, I want to develop the reason why this cult began in the first place. It's a very small cult, hence why you've never heard of it. But you've got to understand the roots. Like, why... Like, why did this cult start in the first place? How did they end up at this farm? This How did they end up at this isolated farm well, with all these kids and all these women that are locked into the home? They can't leave. And they have 150,000 plus rounds of ammunition, automatic weapons, rifles, all this stuff. And there's less than 20 people. How the fuck did that happen? I want to bring you back to the very roots of of this cult and develop it from there and see the ideology from how they started thinking like this to where they got to now two dead bodies, including one six-year-old and a 25-year-old former Mennonite. Let's start out by talking about the Posse Comitatus. You probably never heard of this. If you are under the age of 40, you've definitely not have heard of this before. I've never heard of it. But I did a lot of research on it. It is a group, not really a cult per se, but kind of a movement that was huge in the 80s. And Nicole, can you tell me what was going on in the 80s as far as the uh, the economics? And you probably don't know this and it's OK if you don't. I wouldn't know this unless I looked it up. What was going on in the 80s? Well, there was some big thing going on. Reaganomics. Huh? Reaganomics, Cold War, the war on drugs. Yeah, those are yeah, those are all correct. In the late 1970s and 1980s, we were going through the farm crisis. The farm crisis in America happened like this from what I have researched. During World War II, we had a boon in production of agriculture. Everyone's getting farmland. The produce is way up, skyrocketing. All these farmers are making a lot of money. There's a lot of food that needs to be supplied to both the soldiers and the the homebodies here in America. Okay, there is a big boom, a farm boom, right? So mm-hmm. people buy land, they buy equipment, they buy all this stuff. That dwindles down and the economic forces kick in. And what you have is these investors and these people with money and stuff like that. They buy these fancier, they buy fancier equipment. They buy more farmland. They invest in new science, which includes new pesticides and stuff like that. And the average farmer, the farmer Joe, cannot keep up with his competition. And when you have more competition, especially with guys that have the advanced equipment that are not using the mules and the barely running tractors and stuff like that. You have these guys with the big farm equipment. They completely crush their competition, thereby shooting the prices of crops down and the average farmer cannot keep up. That brings us into the 1980s farm crisis. All these farmers that had inherited land and stuff like that, Mm. they cannot produce a crop that will get them paid at all. And if they do, 
And if they do produce a crop that gets them paid, it's usually just enough to pay their debts for their land and the equipment. Right. Therefore, we enter the farming crisis. And this is very important to this story because these farmers are now unemployed and they are losing their land because a lot of their farmland is owned by the bank. And if they cannot make payments on the land, they lose it. Right. This was a big thing in the 1980s. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yes. I know I'm really fucking no, drunk. It, no, it's it, no, good it makes background. Sense. And it, but it's also important to note that this is why it's so important to buy fresh and buy local. Support your local farms and support your local business owners. I don't believe that. Okay. I do. <laughs> I don't believe that. And I'll tell you why. And I'm not trying to shit on your ideas. But... This thing, no, this have to try very hard. Do you do this sometimes? same? This same concept happens over and over and over again. Think back to the Industrial Revolution. We had these people, not people. I mean, people like us, you and I, regular people that lost their jobs due to machinery. Yeah. That can do stuff like think of Henry Ford in his factory. Well, I mean, they're not making cars by hand now because they got machines that can do well, it. Well, right. That's kind of like now with like the self checkout machines. Exactly. So these people are called Luddites. That's their name. That's what that's the terminology. Yeah. And it's been going on for centuries, even before the Industrial Revolution. Every time a new technology advances and basically takes their jobs, they, there's a Luddite movement. So the farm revolution is another form of the Luddite movement. There's going to be more and more Luddite movements as we progress through society. That's just how it is. It's always going to happen that way. So I have a question for you, and I don't mean to bring this way off topic, but it probably will. Um, so the CIA dropped documents recently about us living in a simulation. <laughs> What the fuck? And I the CIA did. Yes, it's true. When? When? Why do? Number one, why do they drop documents like? Where do they get documents like that? Because there's nothing else to do during the COVID pandemic. Like, okay, number. I'm about to do a podcast about Hitler, dude. You have taught physicists. and they not just believing a in simulation. Okay, I think simulation is fine. Com- complete cop out theory. No, you agreed with it for okay, a while. For a it second. is a complete cop out. It is saying that I can't figure out how this planet and this whole universe started. So I'm just going to assume that we're all living in a fucking computer. Okay. All right. Well, maybe. All right. They also recently de- developed maybe a way to time travel, but I'm not trying to divert. The According situation. to Stephen I, Hawking, I, time I, travel is a paradox. You cannot go back and kill your mother and be born. I would stop the dude who ate a fucking bat in China. If we were living in a simulation, all the people who were controlling the actual simulation would just be like, oh, shit, they figured it out. Unplug. Like Jen, the Sims. No, listen. If like, we're, li- I'm gonna say one thing. If we're living in a simulation, here's the only thing that you can do. You got to be entertaining, okay? Hence 2020 with all this <laughs> yeah, bullshit. Because oh God, you I have got to entertain. Name. You have got to entertain and appease your god, aka the fucking nerd that's living in his mom's basement Don't that make has you that on the fucking computer. So if you want to make more money, and you're not getting as much for it. Why you try to work more land? This creates more surplus and more problems. Well, 
I guess it does. King Cotton, once the staple crop of this region, supported generations of free black and white farmers. Well, there's what? a whole documentary on the farm crisis. I don't want to bore you with that shit. <laughs> Wheat thins. I first started farming, I was farming with mule. Mule. With turn plows. And now you got tractors and uh, you don't walk and do nothing, Harley, but I get, off, do get off your tractor and go home and get to dinner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't walk <laughs> no more farming. You. you bet that woman that in your house better make you some dinner. Do it all by machine and gathering crop the same way. Yes, sir. Pulling cone the same way. You got yes, sir. Machine and pull cone. Pull cone. All of it is. Something looked like we are back when I first started off. Looked like a dream now. <laughs> Guys, before we go any further, I need to tell you about this guy, James Wickstrom. Now, he is the ringleader, if you will, of the Posse Comitatus. Now, if you were over 40... And no judgment, I promise. You've probably heard of this on the Phil Donahue show and the Larry King Live show. It was a big movement in the 80s. And the reason I made you drudge through the farm crisis a little bit is because where do you think the Posse Comitatus got their members from? It's from the farmers who are now going bankrupt that's losing their land that has been in their family for generations and they needed answers because they are now on welfare if they can even get on it and they're not working anymore. They needed to figure out why the government is taking all the jobs and giving them to other people and that is the incentive for these types of cults to evolve from. And that is what the Posse Comitatus is about. It's extremely important to this case right here. That is the reason why we got these two murders on our hands. So this is James Wickstrom. I'm embedding the entire Phil Donahue episode on TalkMur.com. I definitely recommend you watch it. He is a charismatic talker that can convince anyone that his way is the right way and is a very compelling episode if you want to know the reason why people join these types of societies. Oh my God, Bubbles! No, we're pro-Christian. It looks like Bubbles! Uh, we believe that uh, our Constitution and the Articles and the Bill of Rights is lifted from the, the Holy Bible as the abridged version of the Constitution thus state. Uh, we feel uh, the four Supreme Court decisions stating that we are a Christian Republic, the last in 1961, is uh, the basis foundation right. of our faith, the okay. Jesus Christ. It's a Christian Republic. Uh, what are we going to do with the Jews? Well, the Jews are here. Uh, they've got their own country. Uh, I what? believe this, that uh, you've got to understand, <laughs> too, that the poor Jews are being ripped off by the rich Jews. Uh, but I, I said it? this over and over. Wait a minute. Okay. Is it, you, you got I to will see the fucking Jew? rip you off, asshole. <laughs> I'm part Jewish, too. I always oh, forget that, shit. but I am, and I don't appreciate that. Well, I'm like an eighth Jewish. Well, you're probably not going to appreciate what I'm about to read. Wait, I thought you said it was the Donahue show. Where's Dr. Phil? That's Donahue right there. That's Phil Donahue. Phil Donahue. What the fuck? Dr. Phil's name is Phil Donahue as well. No, it's fucking not. You're high. What's his last name? What's Dr. Phil's last name then? Phil? (laughs) I don't fucking know. (laughs) 
<laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> you see friends losing their crops, their livestock, their property. Some of them are losing their farms, have been in the family for generations. You're afraid your turn might be coming up, aren't you? Well, you people know the Bible. I know you do. You're good, hard-working Christian people. You know the Bible. But do you understand it? <laughs> I see some of you nodding your heads, and that's good. Then maybe you do know. It's good to be among God-fearing people. But then again, maybe you don't know what the Scripture is saying. Being God-fearing Americans... Wouldn't you figure that if the American farmer was in serious financial difficulty, the federal government would be rushing in to help? After all, the government trips over itself bailing out the Jew-owned airlines, tobacco companies, railroads, and steel industries. But then... You don't find too many Jews working the land, do you? <laughs> no, you don't. You know why? Nobody? Not even you, who thought you knew the Bible. Well, then I'll tell you why. Almighty God put a curse on Cain, the father of the Jews. That's right. Genesis 4.12 says the earth would not yield her fruit to Cain and his descendants. Matthew 23.35 tells us that Cain is the father of the Jews. As a race, Jews cannot grow anything. Jews import Christian agriculture. Experts to the Middle East to supervise Arabs. They have work in their fields. Jews can't grow anything. But that wasn't the whole Cain's curse. Now God condemned Cain and his descendants to be vagabonds in the earth from that time on. We pay you and me over $6 million a year to support the Jew state. And you wonder why the federal government doesn't have any money for you farmers? Well, the Jew-run banks and federal loan agencies, like a pimp and a whore, working together as they foreclose on thousands of farms in America, right now as I speak... Now the farmer is in debt up to his ears. And guess what? The Jew banker, who had already gained real control over the land and money values, started to increase the value of farmland. <laughs> he fooled you, didn't he? <laughs> yes, he did. You believed you were getting ahead, didn't you? They got you. The Jew banks and federal loan agencies are committing treason, extortion, and outright theft against the guise of law and so-called human liberty. And they are doing this under the eyes of Almighty God, Jesus the Christ. We must rid ourselves of this wickedness. Yahweh is the God of war. He came not to send peace, but to send a sword. Soldiers of Yahweh are here to bring in a kingdom and destroy the wickedness of the land. 
And the Academy Award goes to <laughs> Jonathan Perry. Wow, that was very well wow. done, sir. This is not my opinion. I'm reading quote from quote from this belief system. The belief in the Bible is that Jews are the chosen people. We all know that from what the Bible says. This Aryan nation, yes, neo-Nazis, it's all the same shit. They believe that that was a lie. The true chosen people were not Jewish at all. No, they were white with blonde hair and They were and blue white with eyes. blonde hair and, and six-pack abs. And little Charlie Chaplin <laughs> mustaches. Jews are from the seeds of Satan. Jews are the descendants of Cain. Most of death, suffering, disease, and malice around the world, we owe to them. But I thought Abraham was the father of the Jewish people. Satan is against us. We are in a time of war. Jews control the world banks. Jews screw others in business. Jews own all the distilleries. Distilleries make the booze. Booze hurts people. People like you and me and Jen. Jews... (laughs) (laughs) Jews were responsible for abortion. Jews were responsible for chemical dumps. Jews don't read the Bible. Jews read something called the Talmud. Did Jews produce crops? No. Yahweh has said that this land will be barren at their feet. All right, so Wickstrom believes that the battle is coming. Quote, blood would flow as deep as the horse's brittle. Now, this would mark the beginning of the United States becoming the new Jerusalem with a purified race. Quote, White Anglo-Saxons are the true Israelites of old. God-chosen people. You will see tidal waves and earthquakes like you never seen before when Yahweh stretches out his hand. Yahweh is a vengeful God. Sons of valor, soldiers of Yahweh, don't turn to your president, your governor, your state leaders. Read it, Jan. Do you want to know what happened in that garden in Eden? Hell yeah, I do. Eve did beguile Adam all right, but not with an apple. She beguiled him with sex. (gasps) She had sex with Adam. Oh my God. He took something from her, but it wasn't a piece of fruit. What was it? And you know what? That experience changed both of them. Really changed them. What Wickstrom was preaching was the two-seed theory common to white supremacists. The two-seed theory. Now, this is is in white supremacy, all the Aryan nations. All the white supremacy groups preach this. It is basically that Adam and Eve didn't have coitus, but Eve, and I believe this because... If it wasn't for Eve, then Adam wouldn't have sinned. Oh, yeah, sure. So instead of Adam, she had sex with, she had sex with that serpent crawling around, getting in her vagina. She had sex with the serpent. Well, I mean, she could have been confused. Well, she was probably fucking drunk or something. It probably probably is like a dildo, like one of those (laughs) double-headed dildos. (laughs) You stop! <laughs> Snake. 
I'm a snake. <laughs> I can't wait to go to IHOP with you two later. The story went that after Cain killed Abel, he ran off to propagate with various tribes spreading his demon seed. Demon seed. Accordingly, all Cain's descendants are were an impure race, blacks, orientals, Hispanics. Well, that's not right. Okay, so so the forbidden... Well, that's fucking racist. Yeah, that's, that's not right. Um, okay, so the forbidden fruit was actually Eve having sex with a serpent? Yes. Yeah, well, snake. like this, she. I'm a snake. Well, after she took a bite of the forbidden fruit, she took a bite of that she hot apple. She didn't have sex so with she, Adam. She had sex with she the got snake. Totes horny. Let's move on from the white supremacist Aryan nation bullshit. Wickstrom, who you met earlier, was the leader of the Posse Comitatus, a certain individual that went to one of his meetings. You know, because they have these meetings at these town halls or whatever mm-hmm. where they preach this Jew-bashing, Jew-hating bullshit. You know, the federal government is taxing all those... I don't know, all this shit, right? This white supremacy bullshit. At one of these meetings, there was a guy named Mike Ryan. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Mike Ryan. I know he's got two first names, but... He was a truck driver that got disabled on the job. Hmm. Okay. So he's out of work and he's still paying for his truck. Shout out to our Supremo truck drivers, Rowan and Abby. Mm-hmm. He's paying for his truck, but he got injured on the job. So now he's got three kids and a wife and he cannot support them anymore because he's a truck driver out of work. Okay, so now guess what? He's on welfare and he attends one of these groups from Wickstrom, the guy that was on Phil Donahue, preaching about the Jew banks taking your jobs. They took our jobs from South Park. They took our jobs type of sermons. And this really appealed to this guy named Mike Ryan. Now, Mike Ryan is the ringleader of of the cult we're talking about tonight. Mike Ryan, the truck driver who is now out of work and on welfare, really took to this message. He knew that he always despised Jews, but the Bible says Jews are the chosen people. Now, this is a different message. James Wickstrom is preaching Jews aren't the chosen people. Jews are the problem. The Jew banks and the Jew financial schemes and the Jew government, it's all making your life hell. Guess what? You're unemployed? I wonder why. Well, the Jew banks don't want you to have a job. They want to keep you in chains by keeping you on welfare. This really appealed to Mike Ryan. Now, Mike Ryan, he was kind of, he's a big guy. That's him on the left? Yeah, that's him on the left. And actually, go to talkmer.com to see this photo. This is uh, one of the famous photos of him. He is with his son, Dennis Ryan. I believe he is 15 at the time. Dennis Ryan was also in the cult. So you had the posse comitatus. Mike Ryan was really 
gung-ho about the posse comitatus, but guess what? He didn't care about taxes and farmers and all this shit. He's not a farmer. He doesn't. He's not getting his mm-hmm. land taken away. But what he really did care about is this Yahweh, which is God, mm-hmm. you know, and these Jew bankers. Like that message really sunk into his head. And if you go watch the Phil Donahue video that I'm posting on Talk Murder, you'll see a little bit about James Wickstrom talking about the Battle of Armageddon. So this story here is about a cult. It's about a um, a destructive cult. The destructive, quote-unquote, quote destructive cult is kind of... It's, it's an end-of-the-world cult, mm-hmm. a survivalist group. Mm-hmm. So they believe deeply in the Bible. So they really believe in Revelations, that last book of the Bible, where the end of times is coming. So these types of cults, which I didn't know there was such a, a such a defined classification of different cults, but there really is. There's a whole system of them. Mm. This is a survivalist, ideological cult so basically, they believe they are the chosen people and that the end times are coming. So Mike Ryan meets Wickstrom and has his revelation and eventually starts a splinter group, which is based solely on the end of times, not so much the taxation and all that stuff, but the end of times is coming the Armageddon is coming, and they need to prepare, which is why you go back to the first. You know, five minutes of the episode when you heard they had 150,000 rounds of ammunition and all these automatic rifles and stuff like that is because these guys literally believed that the end of days was coming and that it was coming directly to their little ass farm town hmm. in Nebraska. But my question is, what did they believe that the end of times would look like? Did they think that a bunch of Jews were going to attack them? Is that what they thought the end no, of times? No, that's, that's actually a really hmm. good question. Yeah. Ian. Thanks for asking that. They believed that the whites, now this sounds completely racist and we do not buy any of this, but this is what they believe. The whites are the true Israelites, the chosen people and not the Jews, not the blacks, not the Hispanics. So when the end of times comes, the white nation, Mike Ryan, which I'm going to develop the story in a little bit, being the chosen one, the the basically the the angel that will control the whole battle of Armageddon, he is the chosen one that will bring the new Israel to the world, which basically means they'll start anew and there won't be blacks, there won't be Hispanics, there won't be Jews, there will just be whites they'll just be the aryan brotherhood of whites so this mike, is what they believe so mike ryan the trucker who was disabled on the job is the second according to this group according is, to him and he really uh, did accor- believe this according yeah. to him only or this group? no no according to the 20 people he had under him mike ryan doesn't give a fuck about taxation and shit like that this guy is a fucking train wreck and he just wants to control people so he is going the religious route and the yahweh which is god 
that's the route he's going. So that's where we're going now. We're reading from the book tonight, Evil Harvest, the true story of cult murder in the American heartland. So if you hear the word evil harvest, you know that this is about the farm crisis and a cult that branches from that. This is by Rod Colvin. It's it's a great book, man. It is really good. I literally was up the other night, 2 a.m., and I did not want to go to bed because I wanted to finish huh. it. It was a fantastic book. It's uh, definitely recommend this book. It's crazy. But we are reading from this tonight. He was a journalist that covered this story. It's very well written. I definitely recommend it. I had only two interviews with Mike Ryan, the leader of the cult. After the first interview, Ryan wrote to me saying he'd ask his God, Yahweh, about doing a second interview and that he'd been instructed by his God to say no. So Mike Ryan splinters off from the posse comitatus and he starts his own little cult and is not based on taxation or much less the Jews or anything else is basically him asking his God Yahweh for instructions, and those instructions are clear. That is, the Battle of Armageddon is fastly approaching, and you better stock up on ammunition, you better stock up on food, and you better have multiple wives and getting them pregnant in a little farm town in Rulo, Nebraska, and wait for the end times because you are the chosen one, even though you will die in the Battle of Armageddon. But your son, Dennis Ryan, will take the throne and lead the Aryan nation to a complete resurgence of humanity. He had a terrible, terrible temper. He was brought up to never accept responsibility. Nothing was ever his fault. To hear him tell it, even if he got into trouble, it was always someone else's fault. There was no talking to him, no reasoning with him. What's worse, he tended to come out swinging with his fists. Ruth cowered before his temper, ending up with bruises and bl- broken glasses. Was Ruth his wife? Yeah, so Ruth was his wife prior to him meeting Wickstrom. So basically, this is how it goes. He goes to one of these meetings, the Posse Comitatus. He meets Wickstrom, and Wickstrom does the arm test. Which didn't work for us, but... (laughs) (laughs) It was a miserable fail. But What is the purpose of this arm test? It works, and I'll I'll go into that. But he did the arm test, and he convinced... I've seen him before. Mike Ryan, that he was something special, and that he was basically... God. A descendant of God, and he was actually an archangel Michael. Okay, but... That really set him off. So let me tell you a little bit about Mike Ryan. He tells everyone that he was in the special forces in Vietnam and that he still does missions for the CIA. If you read the book Evil Harvest, you'll see that. None of that is true. Okay. In fact, he did try to join the army. 
but they denied him when he hmm. was 16. Why? Did he have flat feet? Uh, no. They <laughs> they denied him, and this would get into... And you're really... Sounds like it's impossible to get denied from the Army. It is literally impossible to get denied from the Army. I can promise you that. <laughs> but they denied him, and this will be really hilarious to you once you realize how much of a shithead this guy is. They denied him because... One of his testicles has not yet descended. That's why they denied him? His ball has not dropped. You know, Jen, okay, Jen, let me tell you about puberty. Um, So when you're, before you go through puberty, your testicles are kind of raised up, you know, kind of almost inside of you, but not really. And then when you go through puberty, they kind of drop. Not just like all of a sudden, just like... There they go. Why are you looking at me like that, Jen? I feel like I'm literally trying to teach you something and you're not listening. What do you do with the green berets, David asked. I blew away all those fucking gooks, even women and children. (laughs) I didn't give a shit. Ryan's eyes were hard and cold. They pulled me out to join an intelligence unit, the CIA. I was in charge of putting together torture devices. I had devices for taking their fingers and skinning them alive. Around this time, Mike Ryan started claiming that he was the Archangel Michael, the warring angel of God, and he alone would lead the Battle of Armageddon. Now, Mike Ryan would die in battle, but his son, Dennis, would take his place to lead the new world. If you want to read this, this is from the book Evil Harvest. Most destructive cults had a persecutory delusion that someone was after them, be it communists or Satan. It was always good against evil. All issues were black and white. This impending doom created a state of chronic fear and destabilized. So this is a destructive cult. This is the terminology used for these, the end of the day cults, you know, that you think of. These have the same similarities You know, they stockpile food, they stockpile ammunition, they wait for the Battle of Armageddon, just like the Bible says. Ryan was alone in his living room, late at night, the first time he heard the voice. A voice, loud and clear. It frightened him. He remembered Steve Patterson accusing him of having the demon seed of the devil in him. He wondered whether the voice he had heard might have been the voice of Satan. But as the voice sought him out, it spoke in a soft and gentle tones. Son, I love you, the voice said. It was the voice of Yahweh. I hear voices sometimes, but they told me it was something else. Every decision made from now on will be from this thing called the arm test, which I actually tried with Jen, but I did not do successfully. Anyway, it was all to Rick's advantage. He was now enjoying favored status with Mike Ryan. Rick became Ryan's right-arm man. It was Rick's arm that Ryan used most often when he communicated with Yahweh. Protocol demanded that Mike speak with Yahweh on all important issues. However, the men could use the arm test among themselves to receive instructions about mundane issues or daily chores. Okay, so this is supposed to work every time. It's called the Pinocchio's arm arm a lie detector test now what we're reading from now is from scientific american now basically here's how it works in a nutshell it's a lie detector test 
And this is what convinced Mike Ryan to start his own cult. Because Wickstrom actually performed this on him. And I'm not a scientist by any means. But when you put out your arm and someone is trying to push down on your arm, you can keep it pretty steady. You can keep them from pushing it down. If you are saying something truthful, it takes less brain power for you to tell that because it's something that you believe wholeheartedly and you can just say it and not have to devote all this extra brain power to Therefore, you can multitask in keeping your arm straight. And I'm sorry if this doesn't make any sense to you guys. No, it does make sense. If you are lying, on the other hand, or if you're saying something that you don't fully believe in, you are dedicating some of your brain power to forcefully telling a lie, which takes away the energy from you holding your arm out straight. So if you are diverting that energy away from your task of keeping your arm straight because you are telling a lie, the person that is trying to push down on your arm will be able to get your arm to move down because you are not completely focused on holding your arm straight because you are focused on telling a lie or something that you do not fully believe in. That is the gist of the Pinocchio's arm test. It's a it's a scientific phenomenon. It's been researched and studied and mapped out by uh, psychologists. And I'll, I'll link to that on Talk Murder, and I'll link to the study on TalkMurder.com. You can read all about it. But it is something that is hard to explain if you do not know the psychology behind it. So, if you say, for instance, like Mike Ryan did, let's see if the God, our Holy God, our Holy Spirit, Yahweh, wants us to do something, anything at all, and your arms stay straight, then that means yes. Everything from when Mike Ryan splintered into his own cult to the day he was finally arrested, every decision, every decision, and I mean every decision, which we'll read from, was dictated by the arm test. That's why it is so important for me to cover it. Because Yahweh, Mm -hmm. the God, if you will, is talking through the arm test. Mm. This is from scientificamerican.com. Neuroscientists have discovered that the brain works harder when it is telling a lie than when it is telling a truth. They found that just... Four parts are active during truth-telling, whereas seven parts of the brain are active during lying. This difference in brain states makes it harder for volunteers to perform a small physical task while telling a lie. As a result, your volunteers had a harder time performing well on a task to hold their arm up while their brains were busy telling a lie compared to when their brains were engaged in telling the truth. 
And guys, I did not go into detail about everything, but let me just really quickly glance over it. Mike Ryan hooks up with this guy named Rick Stice. Now, Rick Stice has children of his own, including Luke Stice, that was in the grave that we saw earlier. Okay, that's Mm -hmm. his son. He had two other children living at the farm. The Rulo farm that was raided by the police was his farm. Okay, his wife dies from cancer and he is distraught. He is looking for something to replace that. He joins this group. He joins up with Mike Ryan. They end up moving to his farm. And I know I, know I glanced over that real quick, but that's where we're at now. Now, all these people are at the farm and they're using the arm test to dictate everything. And when I said everything, I meant everything. Read this, Nicole. Yahweh, do you want us to serve juice with breakfast? Ruth asked with Cheryl's arm. Their heads were bowed. Yes. They are asking what to serve with breakfast. Now, they all believe this. So they hold out their arm and say, Yahweh, our Heavenly Father, should we serve orange juice with breakfast? Mike Ryan and everyone at this farm believe in this. You got to understand, it is the rock bottom truth that everyone believes in this arm test. And it is literally a psychological phenomenon. And you heard from earlier from Scientific American. It is something that your brain does automatically. It devotes more energy to telling a lie than it does telling the truth. I don't really understand it, but that's how it is. But if you are uneducated and you are a farmer and you are living on this dilapidated farm in Rulo, Nebraska, and someone says, I'm going to talk to God through your arm and you're holding your arm out and you're trying to keep it straight as possible. And all of a sudden your arm drops down and you had no control over it. What do you think in your head? You, you know what I'm saying? It's like, what, right. how did that happen? I yeah. didn't have any control over that. Around this time, you're at the Rulo farm. Mike Ryan is the leader. This is about, this is going over a year of this group of of this group of about 20 people who are preparing for the Armageddon and completely isolated on this little farm. For Yahweh's people, which is the name of Yahweh, the, the only living God, we have been staying out here. I guess you'd call it hiding or exclusion, whatever. But the people in this country have their religious beliefs. I have mine. I just assume they leave me alone with mine. Now, Rick Stice, he is the man that actually owns the farm, the 80 acres they're living on right now. And his youngest child, Luke, is the one that was murdered first. Okay, he is five years old. Okay. Now, Mike Ryan, the leader of this splinter group, hated this kid. This five-year-old kid hated him. I'm sorry. How can you hate a child? Let me tell you about Mike Ryan right now. Complete fucking psychopath. He gets in power at this farm, if you will, and he starts 
you know, he has a wife, Ruth, which he had before this. Mm-hmm. He brings them all to the farm. But now he is appointed by Yahweh through the arm test, of course. Right. And instructed to marry all the other women on the farm. Of course, like you any know, old cult yeah. leader. <laughs> Concubines. You know, fine, like yeah. all the cult leaders, they basically have sex with all the women, mm. which is what he is doing. So he's got multiple wives, you know, not registered through the state of Nebraska, but through his fucking fantasy cult. Right. Got it. So, and a few of the wives that he had, including Cheryl, which was the one that was missing with the kids, was already married, but she ran off from her husband, which we didn't get to, but she ran off from her husband, took the kids, and then married Mike Ryan to be one of his multiple wives. Were anyway, their vow- did their vows include the arm test? Was that something at the wedding? Every, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Everything, Jen, every decision made, everything, including what to eat for breakfast, was the arm test. Do you take this man to be your husband? <laughs> it goes down. Oh, fuck. I, this Did some planks yesterday. Let's Sorry. try that again. Let's try that again. Now, I didn't get into this, but Rick Stice, the one that owned the farm, started butting heads with Mike Ryan, the leader, if you will. Mm -hmm. And then Mike started getting violent, really violent and very sadistic. It all started going downhill when Mike Ryan deemed Rick, the owner of the land, and James, the other one that they pulled from the earth, you know, the dead body. Right. And Luke, Rick's son, his youngest son... As slaves, quote, given to Mike Ryan by Yahweh. In a nutshell, here's what happens. Rick Stice, who owns the farm, marries this girl named Lisa, which is Cheryl's sister. I I know I didn't get into this, but Mike Ryan, the leader, gets jealous of all this. And then... He goes into this rage when he finds out that Rick had sex with Lisa, you know, which is basically Mike's fucking other wife, right? Even though he's already married to two other women at this yeah, point. right. You know what I'm saying? And then he gets on this power trip type of thing and he deems them as slaves according to the almighty Yahweh. Now, or Yahweh's arm test. You I know I didn't get into a lot of this, but it's really late. And then he moves the three of them, Rick, the guy James that was unearthed, the guy you saw the Mennonite. Rick James, bitch. And Rick's youngest son, Luke, the six-year-old, mm-hmm. to the south trailer. Now, this is the trailer away from the farm a little bit. Mike Ryan basically goes out there and performs his sadistic acts on these three. Now, remember, it's very important that Rick Stice, this guy is, I think he's like 54 at the time. He's an old guy. And his youngest son, Luke, which is six years old, is with him in the South trailer. You mm-hmm. just keep that in mind. It's this man and his son 
and this other guy, James. They're in this trailer. The reason they're in this trailer is because they th- did things to to piss off Yahweh. Ryan whipped out his twenty-five caliber pistol, spinning the chamber. Well, I'm not going to shoot you. I'm going to make you shoot yourself. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Here, take the gun and hold it. Ryan said. Oh, he cocked the gun and handed it to Luke. <laughs> now... <laughs> I'm so sorry, I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> he did not say, oh no, oh no. <laughs> now, <laughs> now, stick the gun, to stick the barrel in your mouth. Pull the trigger. Pull it. Now, this is a six-year-old kid oh we're God, talking no, about. Oh my God, no, I can't. No, no, no. Luke trembled. Urine ran down his leg into a puddle at his feet. Oh my God. He fell to the floor, sobbing. You, no, 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 no. You fucking little jerk. Well, Look let at Jen the, read it. <laughs> no, Do not. it, Jen. Oh, you fucking little jerk. Look at the mess you made. God, get to the bathroom. Now, th- this is really terrible, guys. But Luke, that child, that six-year-old child, he would also throw him against the walls. He would force him to run up and down a hill until he finally collapses He'd make him eat off the floor like a fucking animal. He would flick his cigarette into Luke's mouth, the the six-year-old child's mouth. He would spit into his mouth. He would dunk his head into the full bath and hold it there until Luke passes out. And he even wrote the numeral 666 on the six-year-old's forehead. Oh, my God. You said this man is still alive? He's not still alive. No, he died in 2015 of brain cancer. Good. (laughs) So he is beating the shit out of this guy's son, who is also in the cult. And Rick is letting this happen. Do you understand that? Yeah. He is watching Ryan flick his cigarettes into a six-year-old's mouth. And he is... He... Literally put a pistol in his mouth and made him pull the trigger. You guys understand that? This is I, how I bad do, it is. but I don't want to understand. Okay. I, I, I can't. Now, I just, I let's, just... now, let's go back to the father. This is how Mike Ryan, the leader, treats the father. Go bring one of these female goats around here to the side of this trailer. Rick here is going to prove just how far he'll go to show Yahweh that he's sorry. Now, Rick is going to show just how much he believes in Yahweh, how much he'll do for him. Jimmy and David, you hold the front of the goat. Hold it tight now. Fuck it. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you said fuck it. I said fuck the goat. Get down there and fuck the goat. <laughs> His face red, Rick positioned himself behind the goat. He fumbled as he tried to insert himself into the goat. Finally, he barely managed to cram the tip of his limp penis inside it. He thrust himself in against the goat several times before pulling away in complete disgust. Ryan threw back his head and laughed, a wheezing laugh. I can only imagine little baby goats that were just born. I can't. This is ruining the farm for me. This is so hard for me. I don't like this anymore. Okay. So Rick, the owner of the farm, he watches his son get beat, put the gun in his mouth, and then Rick, 
he is forced by Mike Ryan to insert his penis into a goat's booty hole. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? No, no, okay, no, you guys understand this. this is how fucking crazy this is. Alright, not only that, but Rick also has to get it himself. If you want to read this. I, I don't want to, but I know that I have to. Oh my god, I can't. This is the first line. Read it! I said, fucking read it. I said, fuck it. <laughs> I said, fuck him in the ass, damn it. Ryan shouted at James. Do it or get your heads blowed off. Rick was on his hands and knees in the middle of the bedroom. James, totally subservient now, pushed himself up against Rick. I can't! He said, exasperated. I can't get in! He pressed his flaccid <laughs> penis against Rick. <laughs> I can't do this anymore. <laughs> I hate being the voice actor now. I said, fuck him. You do what Yahweh says or you'll get it worse. Ryan ran down the hall and came back with a plastic syringe, the kind used by no, veterinarians. No, 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 no. Here, stick this tube in his ass. That'll stretch him out. <laughs> now pull it out of there and fuck him. Go on, shove it up his ass. <laughs> Uh, I got all the best parts for you, Jim. <laughs> <sighs> personal, personal trauma, personal So trauma. you guys fucking hate this guy, don't you? Yep. I would just like to add that these are direct quotes. This is how Luke died. Ryan was in a rage and he was running after Rick, Luke's father, and he throws six-year-old Luke against the bookshelf and he bashes his head and gets like instant brain damage He's having trouble breathing. They refuse to take him to the hospital. And Ryan says, quote, Yahweh does not want us to take Luke to the hospital. I fried his brain with my mind. Wrap him in a blanket and put him in the bedroom. We'll just have to wait and see what happens. When they woke up, the six-year-old was dead. Ryan looks at the boy and it looks at his father. Like Rick is with him seeing his dead son that Ryan just killed. And Mike Ryan says, quote, this boy was a gook, a mongrel. He wasn't a true Israelite. You better wake up. Yahweh is trying to tell you something. So they end up burying this boy's body in the fucking backyard. It's fucking awful. I know. James Tim, the the Mennonite we talked about earlier, if you want to read this. First thing is, Yahweh wants you to sign over the title to your Datsun. Then, bud, you're going to get fucked in the ass with a shovel handle. That's what's going to happen to you. Yahweh is really pissed off. Ryan greased the tip of the handle and walked to James, now bent over the crate. Ryan put the end of the shovel up to James's rectum and started turning it, pushing it in. Ah! James moaned as the shovel handle slid into the rectum. Jen, you gotta sound like you're getting a shovel in your asshole. I don't know what it feels like to get a shovel in your asshole. All right, you do that noise, then you sound like you know what it sounds like to get a shovel in your asshole. I certainly don't. I said you were in trouble, goddammit. Now this is what you get. Ryan yelled. 
Ryan pushed the shovel handle four or five inches into James, causing him to yell out into pain. Finally, Ryan pulled the shovel handle from his rectum. Okay, guys, it's your turn. Yahweh wants us all to do it. With Ryan goading them, Tim, Jimmy, and David took their turns with the shovel handle, ignoring James's muffled groans. At last, it was done. The color had drained from James's face, but still he offered no resistance. This pissed Ryan off. He wanted more fight, more reaction to seeing James begging for mercy. You know, Yahweh really wanted that shovel handle to put up your ass about eight inches. I don't think we had it up there far enough. We'll have to go another round. With that, Ryan applied more grease to the shovel and shoved it into James's <sighs> rectum again. Only this time he pushed harder. James squirmed in agony, and the others could hear a deep moan coming from James's taped mouth. Dennis took a second turn, and then Tim. Hey, wait a minute, Tim said. It feels a lot different this time, looser or something. I think he's tore inside or starting to tear. Maybe you know that Yahweh means business. We aren't gonna fuck around with you anymore. As Ryan lectured James, Dennis talked to Yahweh through Tim's arm. Are his bowels busted? Yes, was Yahweh's answer. James is pretty much a dead man. Now, he was weak already from all the torture. And according to Ryan, quote, Yahweh wants James Tim dead by six o'clock this evening. That's oddly specific. Yahweh wants me to show you how we skinned people in Vietnam. This is what Mike Ryan says. Again, Mike Ryan has never been to Vietnam. All right. Dennis, go get me some razor blades and some rubber gloves. Dennis ran for the house and returned with the blades and a pair of yellow rubber gloves. Ryan stretched the gloves over his hands and squatted down by James. James hardly moved when Ryan sliced into the flesh of his calf and cut a strip about three inches wide and eight inches long. Ryan grunted as he jerked the pliers as hard as he could, stripping the skin away from the muscle. Damn! Dennis remarked. Once Ryan had pulled a strip of skin off, he dangled the piece of flesh in James's face. You thought we didn't mean business. Ryan laughed. Wow, this guy's a sadistic fuck, isn't he? Untie him. Yahweh wants the tips of his fingers shot off. So he blew every one of his fingers off. Oh my god. Now, um, James ends up dying because Ryan, Ryan being 6'2", 250 pounds, Stands on his chest and jumps on his chest like a trampoline until the life basically flows out of his body and he's dead. And they bury him about six feet away from the six-year-old Luke. So, yeah, this story's crazy. But Mike Ryan actually is the only one that got the death penalty for this. Well, at least somebody did. Well, he didn't actually... He didn't actually go through the death penalty. In 2015, he actually died of brain cancer sitting in the Nebraska prison. So for you guys that think the death penalty is a waste of time, I can kind of see where you're coming from. Because this happened in 1985, and he was on death row until 2015. Until he died of brain cancer. I'd like to think that brain cancer (laughs) is a bit more painful than lethal injection or... But still, it's more than 30 years to kill somebody on death row. 
And guys, I didn't get to a lot of the story. Sorry, we were drinking pretty heavily, but um, it's a fantastic story. Thank you so much, Steve, for requesting this. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, the small amount of detail I put into the story, but I really hope you enjoyed it. So. What happened to Rice? All of the other characters in the story did get prison time. For instance, Dennis, which was Mike Ryan's son, he ended up getting like 20 years, but only served, I think, 12 or something like that. Mm-hmm. There, there were minimal sentences. You know, he was only 15 at the time. Uh, Rick Stice, I think he got like maybe four years or something like that. It was all minimal sentences. And they got uh, mainly sentenced for stealing, which I didn't really go into, but they had stole about $150,000 worth of farm equipment and cattle and stuff like that. So a lot of people got sentences like that, but the only people that got the death penalty, the only person that got the death penalty was Mike Ryan, the leader, and then his son Dennis got life in prison, but he... Got out of prison, I believe, in 1995, I think. So, And he was only 15 when he went to prison. Mm. But those are the only people that got heavy time, you know. And Mike Ryan obviously died of brain cancer a few years ago. So, But, I mean, it was, it's crazy. If you read the book, it's like this cult that, it wasn't really a cult, like the Waco cult. You know, where you have this kind of benevolent leader. It was more of a fear-based organization where you have this isolated group of about 20 people getting the shit kicked out of them by this, you know, this hate-mongering white supremacist. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and they were really scared to leave because, number one, they thought Yahweh would send this sentenced them to eternal damnation and number two they thought Rick they thought Mike Ryan would come and find them and not only kill them but kill their family right so it was it's not really it wasn't a really big cult but it still was a cult you know what I'm saying yeah but it's a fantastic story yeah I uh, really appreciate you suggesting that and I hope I did a good job I know we got pretty drunk so I don't know how good I did it's wild. Anyway, yeah, be sure to go to talkmore.com. I'm writing a complete post on the story. You can see all the pictures and everything else. And uh, that's the story. So I guess we're going to IHOP. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to hit that subscribe button or whatever podcasting app you use. If you like this story, you can follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. If you're absolutely obsessed with this podcast and want to become our Yahweh, go to talkmer.com slash join. Become a Taco Supremo. Get a badass t-shirt, sticker, swag, a lot of love. Shout it out all over the place. Tell me what story you want me to do. I'll research it, dedicate it to you here on the Talk Murder Me podcast. My name is John here with Jen and Nicole. And until next time, I said... Fuck them. You do what Yahweh says or you'll get it worse. <laughs>